Hi everybody, lovely to see you online. We've been missing you and we're praying for you constantly. And uh, we'd love, Claire and I would love to be more in the chat, but we're doing the in-person church as well as online. But uh, we're so glad that you joined us today. And we really pray that this word is going to bless you today. Can you say those words? Amen. Say it. I know you're sitting on the sofa or his family around, kids are running. Say it. I'm in. Maybe you're still in bed. Come on. Not I'm in bed. Amen. If you're prudent, you say, well, before I go and say something, amen, what am I in for? Well, I'd like to say this morning that you are invited. Yes, you are invited. And our theme for today is Jesus invites people others reject. Come on, you've all been in a sports event or at school wanting to audition for a play or uh, the choir or some, some job application or something like that. And people start selecting and they say, you're in the team and you're in the team and I'll take you and you're the last person. You haven't been picked yet. And then finally say, oh, I suppose you'll have to be on my team. How did that make you feel? It made you feel so uninvited. It made you feel like I'm not wanted. I'm unwelcome. Maybe you've even come to a church environment and you go back to the coffee afterwards and everyone's in little groups chatting and everything else and you come and you're trying to and it's so it's so much pressure just trying to get into the group and you're feeling already uninvited. You're already feeling unwelcome. Oh, we need to be watching for people like and say, come join us. Keep our eyes open for those on the outside that are feeling like they haven't been invited because there's nothing worse than that feeling of being left out, looking around the room and no one's even, doesn't know you there. What a horrible feeling, unwanted, unworthy, undeserving, unwelcome. I want to go back to a story in the Bible around 2000 years ago. Jesus is going around, started his ministry and he's saying that he is the son of God. He claims to be God in the flesh. Now that's an audacious claim. And a lot of people listening in, they would have thought, is he just crazy? Or is he just a prophet? Or actually, is he the Messiah? Is he the Son of God? Should we listen to him or shouldn't we? So they, they listen to his teachings and, and they're, they're not quite sure what to do. A Pharisee was one of the religious leaders in the day. Now, if he was the Son of God, surely... Jesus would approve of the Pharisees, and surely the Pharisees would approve of Jesus. So there was this uncertainty in their minds. The story is told in a true story of Simon the Pharisee. We know his name. Now the Pharisees, they were a religious bunch, pious, devout, and they would observe all 613 laws that were recorded in the Torah. But in addition to this, to make sure just, just in case they even got close to overstepping one of those laws, they created additional oral laws. They created man-made laws called the Mishnah. And these laws were to protect and enshrine God's laws. So if God's law said, thou shalt not do that, they made it even more restrictive. So you couldn't even come close to achieving that. You had to first achieve this first goal. And, and that way, guarantee you could never offend God or break those inner laws. The Pharisees were famous for long, eloquent prayers. They had long flowing robes, uh, tassels attached. Uh, they, were, they had numerous cleansing and uh, rituals for ordinance and purity. 
But above all, they stayed away from sinners. They didn't go near anyone who was unclean, an unrighteous person, never. And in fact, they believed that if you were sick, you, you were blind or you were deaf or lame, they believed that that was a punishment from God because you were a sinner. So they had nothing to do with those types of people. Anyhow, one day Simon the Pharisee decides to throw a party and he invites Jesus. So obviously there's a whole lot of attention, uh, uh, people looking at, oh, a Pharisee inviting Jesus, let's, let's have a look at this. Now, those parties in those days, when a Pharisee threw a party, it wasn't like what we do today. Oh, what do we do? We light the fire, get the barbecue going, put a couple of pork sausages on there and a couple of burgers and stuff. No, 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 no. In the Jewish day, they didn't play the latest Jewish rap music while they're having a barbecue. No, this was a social event. This was the who's who of Pharisees. Only important people would attend. And it was a public display, a spectacle. They would sit and lie around in a room on the outside of the house and there would be a porch area around the outer room and they would leave this door open so that strangers and visitors could look in and watch them and observe their, their party. You see, the who's who of the day, they would discuss very important topics and the, the commoners would want to hear these important topics. Things like social trends and politics. Theology, what's the latest trends, uh, public affairs, and even news. They didn't have Netflix. They didn't have Amazon Prime. They didn't have the six o'clock news on TV. And they weren't watching the real housewives of Jerusalem either. So this was the people, the common people's opportunity to listen into people that are really in the know. And they could find out the latest theology, the latest teachings, and trends that are going on. And Jesus is invited to this party when all of a sudden, all hell breaks loose. An unnamed woman, an uninvited woman, a sinner of note, runs into the room and she comes across the, the, the courtyard right up unto Jesus. She is uninvited. The Pharisees are absolutely shocked and horrified at this. And the story is recorded in Luke chapter 7. Verse 37 says, a woman in that town who lived a sinful life learned that Jesus was eating at the Pharisee's house. So she came there with an alabaster jar of perfume. That verse says, a sinful woman. That's very nice language for calling her a prostitute or a call girl. She was a, a woman of the night. It was, the, the Pharisees must have gossiped. <gasps> How could a person like that come into this room? Surely they would know not to do that. She's unclean. She's a, a, impure. She's a sinner. She hangs around people. We don't hang around. We don't approve. She's not normal. She's not invited to this party. Before we go any further and we start to judge this woman, I want us just to have a think. And did she choose to be a prostitute? You know, little girls growing up, they love to have these slumber parties, these sleepovers with their friends. And I can just imagine all the little girls sitting around in the pajamas, getting ready to go to bed. And, they, and one turns to the other and says, when you grow up, what do you want to be? And you think one says, I want to be a teacher. And someone else says, I want to sell real estate and houses. Someone says, I want to be a stay-home mom. And did this girl say, I want to be a prostitute. I want to be a woman of the night. And I want to go around and hang around with guys. And I'm sure she didn't say that. That wasn't her, her aspirations and her dream. No, something happened. Uh, prostitution in those days wasn't a, a prestigious career. It was dirty. It was shameful. And it wasn't a high-paying one either. You're not normal if you chose that. 
So what would have caused her to go into this line of work? Before we judge her, just think, could it have been that she had been abused by her father? An uncaring, unloving, abusive father. And now she feels shame. She's feeling unloved. She has no identity. And she's starting to look for love in all the wrong places, choosing the wrong blogs. Maybe it was that. Maybe her parents died when she's a, a young girl and she's got a younger brother and she had to put food on the table and no one's providing for her. So she had no other option but to sell her body to try and provide for her younger sibling. Maybe she was 16, 17 and she fell pregnant out of wedlock. And in those days, it was a shame to do that. And there was no social system to protect her. No one wanted anything to do with her or house her or look after her or provide for her. So she had no alternative but to turn to prostitution. Her whole adult life, she had been shunned, abused. Women would glare at her. She wasn't wanted out in public during the day. She was a woman of the night. Sorry, lady, you're unwanted. You're uninvited. You're not welcome here. You are not normal. Maybe some of us watching feel a little bit like it. Maybe it's not as dramatic as being a prostitute. Maybe you just feel inside you're not good enough. Maybe you feel guilty. Something's happened in your past and you're not where you needed to be. And I'm telling you, you must probably didn't choose to be here right now where you are. But life has happened, stuff has happened, and this is where you find yourself and now you feel shameful. Maybe you've been divorced and you just can't get over the divorce. Maybe you've lost contact with family members and uncles and aunts and children and you feel that's not good enough. Maybe you've been bankrupt and your finances were in a mess and you can't hold your head up high. And people are judging you and, and you feel like I'll never be able to get a good job again because of what my past is. Maybe you're just a single person and in our society, everyone must be hooked up with someone and you must have exactly two and a half kids because that's the perfect family we're told. So you feel, I don't belong. I'm not invited because it's just couples, just little, lovely, little perfect families with kids running around there and, and I, I don't belong. Sorry, you're not welcome here. You're not invited. And if you are, you feel like you're sitting on the outside because you feel you're not normal. Before we judge anyone, could we just take the time to listen to their backstory? Why don't we just ask them to tell where they came from? And maybe we understand the abuse that they went through, the circumstances of life that were dealt to them. And maybe we find out what they went through and then we suddenly change. Instead of saying, you're not normal, we'd say, how is it that you turned out this normal? How did you go all through this and still be as normal as you are? People have shunned, but I want to tell you, Jesus invites you. He's an invitation for you. This unnamed woman bursts into the room. She rushes across to Jesus' feet to there because they would be reclining. She breaks open the alabaster jaw and she starts to weep. And she starts to worship Jesus. And she washes his feet with her tears and dries his feet with her hair. Her most valuable possession would have been that perfume. You see, prostitution in those days, they didn't have the internet and, and websites that they could log their services on. Perfume was their calling card. When a bloke would walk past and smell, 
he would know she's available. She was a prostitute. That was the way she would attract business. And in bringing that, it was a sign of total repentance. She's taking her past. She's taking her old livelihood, her old ways, and she's shunning her back on and saying, no more will I be doing that. I break this and I'm not going to do it. And then in a most extravagant act of worship, she washes Jesus's feet. Read the next verse. As she stood behind him at his feet weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears. Then she wiped them with her hair. She kissed them and poured perfume on them. A Jewish woman letting down her hair. All women always had their hair tied up in the Jewish culture and covered. And this must have freaked the Pharisees out. Oh, she's unwinding her hair. She's washing. You just don't do that. And here Simon is getting even more huffy. If he was really the son of God, he would know what kind of woman this is. Verse 39. When Simon, who had invited Jesus, saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know who is touching him and what kind of woman she is, that she is a sinner. What was Simon thinking? She's not good enough. She's uninvited. She's not welcome. She's a bad person. Out. Get out. Jesus can even read his mind. He says, I'm one up on you. You think I'm not the son of God. I am. I can read your mind. And Jesus comes back at him quite hard and listen to these words of Jesus. Then Jesus turned towards the woman and said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I came into your house. You did not give me any water for my feet, but she wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You did not give me a kiss, but this woman, from the time I entered, has not stopped kissing my feet. You did not put oil on my head, but she has poured perfume on my feet. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But whoever has been forgiven little, loves little. Then Jesus said to her, your sins are forgiven. What would have caused it? Why would this woman have risked so much to come into this place? She faced rejection all over again. The Pharisees were known to be rejecting her. She wasn't wanted. She knew that. Why would she risk so much to cross again across town? To be facing other women who's yelling at her and men jeering at her. Why would she come into that room where facing being thrown out and cut across the room to worship at Jesus' feet? What had caused her to be so passionate? I believe she had had a previous encounter with Jesus. Maybe Early in the day, she had heard Jesus preaching. Maybe she saw a miracle. Maybe he had looked into his eyes and seen the love inside of his eyes. We know for a fact that recorded just before these verses, the Bible tells us that John the Baptist's disciples came to Jesus and asked, is he the Messiah? Now, in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 11, the exact same story is repeated. So we have a little bit more information there. And again, the disciples of John come to Jesus and ask, is he the Messiah? And there we get the sermon that Jesus was preaching. Now, I'm just guessing here, but could it have been, could it have been that this woman was attending that service, that she heard his words, his talk, his sermon? What did Jesus say? Let's read it in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. 
and you will find rest for your souls. What was the subject of his sermon that day? If you are broken, if you're rejected, if you're a desperate woman, come to me. If you're at the back of the crowd, I want to love you. If you're feeling uninvited, I want to have you come close to me. Jesus is saying to this woman, come as you are. Oh, society has always told us, you've got to fix yourself up. You've got to get yourself right. Then you can come to Jesus. Jesus is turning on its head. He says, no, I'm inviting you as you are. Come to me and I will show you and give you a true rest and a real rest. Jesus is saying, you are invited. What was the message that Jesus was preaching? He's saying, in essence, if you're broken, come to me. If you feel rejected, unwanted, unloved, come to me. If you're standing on the back, looking in, come to me. You are invited. Come as you are. Society tells us that we have to fix ourselves. Religion tells us, you've got to come right, you've got to repent, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do everything else. And yes, some of those things are true, but Jesus opened his arms and says, come to me. I'll work with you. I'll help you. You are invited. If you are wrecked with guilt and shame, come feel his love. If you're tired and you can't live up to your own standards, let alone God's standards, Jesus is saying, come to me. If you've been rejected by religion, turned away, you have nothing left, you've lost all hope, Jesus is saying, come to me. Jesus is inviting people others reject. Jesus says, you are invited. Maybe here in our church environment and watching online, you're thinking, Wayne, well, I'm not a prostitute. I'm not a call girl or whatever. But maybe you still feel unwanted, unloved, undeserving, unwelcomed. Maybe you have doubted God. Maybe you've questioned God. Maybe you were believing God for something and you felt that he's let you down. So now you feel like you're on the outside. You look at all the spiritual people and they hear from God and they believe and they're just getting miracles every day and, and you look and you don't feel quite up to that standard. You're feeling like you're on the outside looking in. Maybe you've tried to walk away from God. Maybe you've failed God. Maybe you've thought of suicide or even attempted suicide and now you feel worthless. What kind of person am I? Maybe you've lost your finances and filed for bankruptcy. People are judging you because of your past and the way you've handled money. Maybe you've cursed God. Maybe you've committed adultery or you're living in sin right now and you, you're living in the wrong relationships. Jesus is still inviting you. Come as you are. Come with your doubts. Come with your fears. Come with addictions, rejection. Come with the baggage that you have. Maybe you're burnt out, tired of this performance that religion will try and put on us. The laws, you must do this and you must do that and you must and you can't keep up with all the you must. Jesus is inviting you and saying, you are invited, come as you are. Jesus says, you're invited, but invited to what? Well, I would like to say to you, the Heavenly Father, Jesus, the Son, they are a family. You're being invited into the family of God. Have a look at 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that He has lavished on us. He has called us, or we could say He has invited us, and made us His own 
very own beloved children. You are invited into the family of God. He's asking you to become part of his family. He wants to provide for you. He wants to look after you. He's saying you're not on the outside unwanted. He's saying you are invited. You are wanted. Be on my team. Look at Galatians chapter 4 and verse 5. When the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Yet bears the law. Jesus comes and he fulfills the law. He fulfills the righteous requirements of the law so that we don't have to. And he says, you come into my family because I've already satisfied the requirements of the law. Become part of his family. Just imagine for a moment an orphanage with a whole lot of, maybe an African third world country orphanage and this poverty and these kids are miserable, they, they are sick, they, 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 there's not enough, there's lack and they're all lined up there. And maybe you feel like being one of them, that you are one of those. And often people come and they look you up and down and say, hmm, I'll pick that one. And all the others would feel unwanted as they're being adopted. Our Heavenly Father sends Jesus. And now they come into that same orphanage and they say, uh, I pick you, John. You know my name? Yes. God knows your name. I, I pick you, Sally. I pick you, Andrew. I pick you, Wayne. I pick you, Claire. I pick you, Leonie. I pick you, Josh. He knows us by name and he picks us to be part of his team, to be part of his family. Oh, you're not unloved. You're not uninvited. You're not undeserving. You're not unwelcome anymore. You are invited into the family of God. He knows your name. You are accepted as you are. Can I just mention something very interesting? The Pharisees, pointing out the woman's sin, did not change her lifestyle of sin. Judging her for her lifestyle did not change her lifestyle. Shaming her did not set her free. Oh, would we be so cautious before we point at somebody else and judge someone else? It doesn't set them free. Would we look at them and hear their story and say, how is it that you've turned out so normal after what you've gone through? What changed that woman? It was her being accepted, invited into the family to know God, to know his grace, to know his forgiveness, his freedom, and to know his love. Jesus, he tells a story of a, a rich man, a, a, a host who hosts a dinner banquet and invites all the famous and all the friends. And one by one, all his friends start to give excuses. I'm sorry, I'm very busy. I'm sorry, I've just got married. I'm sorry, I've just purchased a piece of land. Maybe in today's society, we would say, sorry, mate, I can't come. There's a big game on tomorrow. Or, you know, the, there's the Poynton Festival tomorrow. I want to be there. I'm sorry, I can't come. And they started to give their excuses. And the master of the banquet, the dinner banquet, said to the servants, go out and get everyone. Go into the highways and the byways. Go get the sinners. Go get the sick. Go get the lame. Go get the rejects. Bring them in and sit them at the table. Remember, if they were sick or lame or something, that was evidence that they were a sinner and God was punishing them. That's what they thought. That is so wrong. And here the picture that Jesus is telling is that the Father is inviting as you are. Come. And there's still room at the table. Oh, there's still room for you. I don't know what you've gone through. If you feel un 
uninvited. Maybe you're feeling unloved, unwanted, left out, sitting, looking at the church environment. Maybe even come to church, but you, you still don't feel part. Jesus is inviting you into his family. This morning, I want to pray for you. If you're feeling out, if you're feeling lost, if you're feeling like you don't belong, Jesus is inviting you. Maybe you've never been in the family before and you think, when this is the first time I've heard this type of talk. I have got baggage. I have got a story and I do feel unloved I, and I'd like to be part. Then I'd like you to pray this prayer with me. <laughs> maybe you have been in church before and you still are in church and maybe you come and you look all pious you've got all your nice fancy Sunday clothes on and you even do your hair nicely but inside you know that you're feeling dirty you're feeling shameful you still these issues there and you still feel like you don't 100% belong I'd like you to pray this prayer with us too I'm not asking you to pray a prayer now that makes you do something that a whole lot of rules and regulations it's just a simple prayer to be invited and to accept the invitation to join the family of God. Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to create an invite so that I can join the family. Today, I would like to accept that invitation. I would like to join and belong in the family of God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for satisfying the requirements of the law so that I don't have to. I do believe you are the Son of God. Thank you for welcoming me into your family. Amen. God bless you guys and have a wonderful day. And don't forget, you are invited.